Master. How can I help you? Welcome to So It's a Show, So It Is a Show, a podcast where we attempt to keep up with Lorelai and Rory's pop culture references on Gilmore Girls. I am Kyla. And I am Taylor. That felt so unnatural to be bubbly for no reason. And to never use contractions. I am trying my best. (laughs) End scene. Ugh. That felt weird, being all bubbly. It was very perky, for sure. And was it even that perky? I don't know, but I was trying. It's definitely perkier than normal Kyla, I would say. Or at least in a different pitch of your voice. (laughs) A different register altogether. Bring it back down. (laughs) Bring it down now. Well... I'm glad to have regular Kyla back, because I'm a big fan. Oh, thanks. And I'm glad to be back. Uh, We're back to just the two of us. And we didn't even mention this last episode. That was the first time we've ever had guys on the show. Yeah, unless you count our bonus episode that we did in season one. Mm. But the first true blue guys to come as regular like guests and hosts and talk through the whole shebang so mm-hmm. i know and we had two of them at once i know we really went for it didn't we we did i think it went okay i think so too i think that was one of our best episodes yet i have to say re-listening oh. to it i really enjoyed hearing our discussion yes i'm a little vain just like the person carly <laughs> simon sings about and also, it was a milestone episode for us, episode 40. Yeah. And we are getting to the point where we are returning to pop culture references that we've already covered, which is kind of fun. And I don't think it's the first one, but because that episode, There's the Rub, is where Jess and Paris are discussing Jack Kerouac. It's mm. coming full circle back to our very first episode. Yeah. And now we're on 41. Now it just feels like we've done so many, like, oh, what is an episode? You know, just just another one added <laughs> to our piles and piles of episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, for all you people who just adore us. <laughs> oh, my like God. Like I said, I'm vain. <laughs> I'm the one Carly Simon wrote the song about. Uh-huh. All the clouds in her coffee and... Mystery solved. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Well, I'm glad to be back. Glad to keep going, I guess. We never stopped. Glad to keep going. And mm-hmm. uh, we're talking I Dream of Jeannie. Oh, is that why you were talking so perky in our opener? Cool. We actually got that right on. And today, the episode we are referencing that references I Dream of Jeannie is Gilmore Girls, episode 217, Dead Uncles and Vegetables, which is probably (laughs) one of the weirdest episode titles in the Gilmore Girls canon. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should have talked about, maybe the uncle should have been in our favorite death, best worst. (laughs) Uh Missed opportunity. Oh, Louie. Yeah, one of the best deaths on Gilmore Girls that we never actually see. <laughs> kind of like Mr. Twickham. We never really uh-huh. see him die. We just hear him talked about. Yeah. Well, in this episode that we don't see Uncle Louie die, Lorelai and Rory help out at the diner while Luke is left to plan his unpleasant uncle's funeral, which <laughs> causes him to reflect on his own existence. Oh, boy, that's broad. Meanwhile, Emily lends a hand planning Suki's wedding, and the sky's the limit. (laughs) I have to say, I don't know how you felt about it, but Emily and Suki planning a wedding together felt very odd to me. Didn't make a lot of sense. Oh, I agree. It doesn't make sense in some ways, but I do think it's comedy gold. I just think they have a really good energy, Kelly Bishop and Melissa McCarthy, together. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Just surprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it did, I mean, when they were out there measuring the square, when they were measuring the square, yeah, and they wanted to move the gazebo. See, yeah, that was funny. 
I have no trouble, though, believing that Suki would get caught up because she is so Mm -hmm. excited for this event. And you know how she just gets carried away with things? Every time she plans an event, she just wants to go above and beyond and do everything themed to the max. And she always wants to have the most extravagant menu and... Like, when they're hosting that Lord of the Rings birthday party. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, and she starts making all these really fancy foods, and Lorelai's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I just have no trouble believing that she wouldn't want to get crazy into this event. Yeah, true. We like seeing Lorelai helping Luke out, them working as a team. Yeah, trying to fit all of Uncle Louie's baseball cards into his casket. (laughs) Classic. Oh, boy. Boy, indeed. And in all this chaos, Luke needs a little more help from just Lorelai. Lorelai and Caesar are not enough to cover the diner. And while the diner is just running amok with customers that Luke cannot attend to, Rory runs upstairs to the top of the diner and she says this to Jess. Jess? Open up. I know you're in there. My, aren't we bright-eyed and bushy-tailed? Luke needs you downstairs. Why? Because he's on the phone with someone and Caesar's off today and the place is packed and he needs help. I'll be down in a minute. No, now. I'm in the middle of something. Just assume that Jeannie's going to get Major Healy out of whatever scrape he's in. Gee, thanks for spoiling it for me. So, Kyla, what the heck did you think when you heard that da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
that's about all I know. Oh, that's a quote from there. Well, that was a tagline because at the end of a season, it was a cliffhanger. Somebody shot J.R. Ewing, who was some sort of oil tycoon, and nobody knew who it was. So all summer, pop culture America was talking about, who shot J.R.? And that's what I know about it. hashtag on Twitter that year. Mm-hmm. Or, in reverse, last season of Jane the Virgin, hashtag JR shot who, <laughs> which I thought was a very clever joke. Oh, I didn't get that. Yep. Okay, see? On the edge of our seats, it's a summer cliffhanger. Who did she shoot? We don't know. I don't remember that cliffhanger. From this last season? In the last episode of this recent season, JR shot somebody, and we don't know oh. who it is. Oh, yeah. It's been a while. They'll do a very thorough recap, as they always do. Oh, my word. (laughs) Shorten your recaps, Jane the Virgin. (laughs) But I love the narrator. I know, but every time. Well. You see, Rogelio de la Vega was Jane the Virgin, was Jane's father, but she didn't know it until, like, we we get that. (laughs) We're season four. We know they're reunited. Whoop-de-doo. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, we're getting a little off topic today. Yeah. So back to Dallas, back to I Dream of Jeannie. Yeah. So Major Nelson, he's an astronaut. Uh-huh. And he's kind of an annoyance to his boss. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because he and Jeannie causing a ruckus because she has no social skills or <laughs> cultural understanding and so she just does whatever she wants whatever she thinks is fun and right and will make master happy because yes she calls him master all through the show even after they get married in season five which is weird Mm. and how as i this is not something i actually know the answer to how does he stumble upon this bottle with a genie in it so he ends up on an island I don't remember how he ends up on an island, but he washes up on an island. Probably he was in a spaceship. I'm going to guess. Okay. And there's this bottle, and out comes Jeannie. And then Mm -hmm. she goes home with him. Okay. So does she get him home from this random island? Oh, probably. You know, I don't remember that episode. Got it. Unfortunately, I was not able to watch the pilot before we started but i was hoping you would have the answer well i mean it doesn't really change the rest of the show because the rest (laughs) of the show they're living at his house and very scandalous at the time Mm. and everything takes place at his even though he's an astronaut he's always at the office (laughs) so (laughs) yeah he's always wearing his military uniform and Mm -hmm. At least in the episodes I watched, it did not appear that there was any chance of him going to space anytime soon. No. No. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of I Dream of Genie, you know, sitcom. So. And this was the height of the 60s. It ran from 1965 to 1970. So five seasons, 139 episodes, which is pretty full five seasons. And it was actually nominated for Best Comedy Writing in 1967. And that writer has a few other things that he wrote. He was a writer on The Patty Duke Show. Do you remember when we talked about Patty Duke? I do. It's been a while. Yeah, a long while. Mm-hmm. And he also wrote classic movies like The Easter Parade and Annie Get Your Gun, which I just <laughs> watched recently. Of course. Yes, I'm working my way through Turner Classic Movies' must-see musicals. Love it. Okay, so did you find the show funny? Like, were you laughing? I definitely chuckled at this show, at all the situationally comedic situations (laughs) of all the goofy... Just, their reactions are so over-the-top, and there's just this complete silliness to the show that I appreciated. It does Mm -hmm. not take itself too seriously. And when the episodes I watched were in the first season of the show. And so probably at that point, the premise, you know, I'm guessing by season five, 
you're probably beginning to repeat some storylines, but at this point mm-hmm. they all really felt fresh and you could tell there was all sorts of little hijinks of Jeannie not knowing social conventions. And I am very curious about her and Tony's relationship because in one of the episodes I watched, like they sort of resolve with a kiss at the end of the episode, but they're also dating other people and jealous when the other people are dating other people, but not admitting (laughs) to the other that they're jealous. Mm -hmm. It was very weird. Interesting. Okay, what was one of the episodes that you watched? Well, I watched two back-to-back episodes. Episodes 112 and 113, which are called Where'd You Go-Go and Russian (laughs) Roulette. So, Jeannie goes out with Major Healy in the first one to make Tony jealous. And then Major Healy ends up with this huge crush on her because he doesn't realize that she is a genie. And then in the next episode, he is totally hounding Tony, trying to get her number. And he's like, she's vanished into a puff of smoke. This woman, I can't find her. Do you have her number? (laughs) Then there's a mix-up because Tony is supposed to entertain a Russian ambassador or someone coming over to visit. And she mistakenly thinks Jeannie's bottle is a gift to her and so he has to get it back hijinks and hilarity and so uh-huh sounds like it mm-hmm. and yeah. actually fun fact these two episodes had a different theme song than the one that you and i both know and the yeah one that, that one gilmore girls that one didn't start until season two so we do know jess was watching episode post season one Ooh, good deduction watson <laughs> What episodes did you watch to refresh? So I watched part of one and I got bored because she was stuck in a safe. (laughs) Oh. She couldn't just poof out. Well, that's because she was stuck in the bottle, right? She wasn't in the bottle in the safe. Oh. It was just her. And she was like, it's like when you put the cork in my bottle. But like, why? Yeah, you'd think the bottle would have a magical property. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe hmm. once you maybe you could put her in a cardboard box and she couldn't get out. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good technique to know. Maybe we just shouldn't overthink it. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> then I moved on to a season five episode when they were married. Mm, it takes that long. Yeah, uh, yeah, they got married at the beginning of season five. It was called My Master, the Chili King. (laughs) Sorry, what? (laughs) He's the Chili King. Except he doesn't make chili, his cousin does. But then he names it in honor of Major Nelson and calls it Cousin Tony's Texas Chili. Sells it in cans, Jeannie... Makes the cans appear, then she puts them in all the grocery stores, gives a bunch of gold to the cousin to invest, and he's a swindler. So then astronauts are not allowed to endorse products. They so casually talked about at the office earlier in the episode. And then, look, he's endorsing a product. His face is on a can. What? But then... Genie at the last second when his boss's boss is about to see the cans of chili with his face on it. Uh, she turns it all into the raw ingredients for chili. So he doesn't see the cans. Oh, no. Uh, oh. <laughs> so that was, that was that. But it definitely showed how she had not learned any social cues into season five. Which, I mean, that's a big part of why she is funny. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. And I think it adds to her charm. She's just so naive in some ways. And like when she goes out on her date with Major Healy, unbeknownst to Tony that Major Healy was going out with her, he just knew Major Healy had a date. And of course, mm-hmm. didn't know with whom. He was giving him all this advice of, oh, you know, give her some champagne to relax and then get her back to your apartment and da 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 da. And then when he finds out it's Jeannie, he's like, you do not know what you are up against. And, of course, he does not give her enough credit because she gets herself out of every situation by 
just her magic. Any awkwardness she gets out of. And I'm not sure when Major Healy finds out that she's a genie. Because by season five, he knew. Oh, okay. I'm not sure when that happens. So so there's some changes that happen in the show. Okay. Them getting married in season five, I read a lot about that being the reason that the show got canceled and wasn't brought on for a sixth season. Oh. Because it was just too weird, didn't make sense. Barbara Eden, she even talked about it in an interview a couple years ago when they were celebrating the, what would have been the 50th anniversary of I Dream a Genie. And she just, she thought it didn't work. It lost credit, made it lose credibility because Genie thought she was real, but she wasn't. And the major knew that. What do you mean she wasn't real? Like she wasn't a person. And so she couldn't be married. Uh, that's what Barbara Eden said. Didn't seem right. Oh, I see. Also knowing that I Dream of Jeannie was put together to compete with the show Bewitched, mm-hmm. which is about a magical woman married to a regular man. I'm surprised to hear that that was a drawback to the show, especially since they'd been a couple or right. some sort of duo the whole time on the show. And it was competing with this other show where the wife was magical. I'm a little surprised to hear that was a drawback in the long run. Yeah. And I think some people thought it like cut or solved the sexual tension between them. Oh. Because, I mean, then they were a couple and they were doing whatever they wanted to do. So it kind of cut that little back and forth that they had or kind of the will they won't they a little bit Mm -hmm. which i think that that is true for other shows when people actually finally get together even like ross and rachel they couldn't just stay together they couldn't be together until sorry spoiler alert uh the (laughs) last episode of you know the season finale and frankly i don't believe they're still together today in this alternate universe if they couldn't make it work after 10 years They were on a break. <laughs> that was actually a pretty decent Ross impression. <laughs> yeah. It was funny, though, because Barbara in the interview with the Today Show or Good Morning America, I think it was Today. What's the difference? But. <laughs> oh, she, marketing people about to come hound you down. <laughs> she said she did say witches are people, genies are not. So I, I don't know. She had her opinion on it and her thoughts, but. Either way, the ratings went down that season steadily, so maybe it just had, it ran its course. Mm-hmm. I watched a little bit of Barbara Eden, too, looked in to see what she is up to. This lady is still alive and kicking, mm-hmm. totally great personality. I see where the perky personality came from. Actually, a couple years ago, she put that outfit with the same hair and everything back on for some sort of event in Vienna. And while, of course, she did not have the body she did in the 1960s, she looked pretty good. She is someone who is just seems (laughs) to have all sorts of confidence about herself and her body and in who Mm -hmm. she is. And she also had this to say in an interview with Al Roker about her experience as... Genie. People who are known for an iconic role. How are you feeling, Master? Some people, they, they worry that it typecasts them. You embrace Genie to this day. She's very easy to live with. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm proud of her. Isn't it lucky that I had one character that people remember? I listened to that interview, too. Mr. Allen. <sighs> what are the odds? What are the odds? But in the later part of it, Al asks... Barbara, could this show exist today? And he he tried to answer his own question, which is frustrating to me when interviewers do this, mm-hmm. which I do the same thing, though, sometimes, too, because you kind of are a little unsure about the question you really want to ask. So you try to just uh, fluff it off and add a little to it when you just should stop talking. Mm-hmm. So you can listen to how he asks it and what she says about, could this be made today considering female portrayals do you think 
today they could do I Dream of Jeannie because of some people said, oh, you know, it, this was too sexist or she was subservient. Of course you could. The, the sexist or subservient part is so ridiculous. I mean, this is a classical theme. Mm -hmm. This is a Me Too Jeannie. <laughs> <laughs> so I... I'm unsure how I how I feel totally. I didn't appreciate his immediate like laughing how people say that we can't do this because blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. It's just he just made it seem like he wasn't taking people's concerns seriously. Mm -hmm. But I did understand what Barbara said about yes, but the subservience is so ridiculous. It's it's over the top. It's not it's meant to be looked at as silly. I would agree with that. I think it definitely reads differently today than it did in the 60s, I'm sure, for many reasons. And I think that if, with all these re reboots going on, you never know, it could come back. I do think there would definitely need to be some updating, or at least there would be. I don't even know if need is the right word. It just would be updated to reflect our modern culture. Yeah. But I'm not offended by the show at all. I think, like you said, it's just so silly. And it's the tradition, storytelling tradition of a genie goes back way further back than this situation. So I think it works in the context of the show. But I can also see the concern about it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that, I think that sums it up well. It's, yeah, I think that sums it up well. It doesn't make me cringe. No, it doesn't make me cringe. Like, there are other things in the show that could make me cringe, like seeing when all the housewives shopping for chili and, oh, yes, my husband, he needs his chili. Let me see what they have. Mm -hmm. You know, just, I mean, but that's just typical that of the time, right? Some of those small things. But overall, the relationship between Major Nelson and Jeannie it doesn't feel like he's taking advantage of her ever. Like, he likes her, and he's like, oh, goodness, Jeannie, what are you doing now? You know, it's, yeah, it doesn't feel icky at all. It's funny. Yeah, Ridiculous. I think he really cares for her. And I think there is a degree to which, obviously, she can do things that nobody else can. So I guess you could argue he's not treating her like he would treat everybody else. But that's also true <laughs> of anyone else who interacts with her as a genie when the Russian woman gets a hold of the bottle and she's like, you can do anything. And genie's <laughs> like, yeah, I can do anything. And she's like, okay, make Tony kick that guy. And so, you know, like she does these little tests to find out, can she really do anything? And then of course she has genie make her a millionaire and she has her make her very, influential and she's now living in America and then she really wants to get together with Tony and somehow at the end Jeannie somehow convinces her in her mind that Tony went with her and then we find out it wasn't really Tony it was a little confusing mm -hmm. but she is treated that way by pretty much everybody once they learn her powers it seems like right and that little outfit you're talking about, mm -hmm. there was lots of controversy around that. A bunch of men in suits were not uh, not too keen on the idea of showing a woman's navel on television. I think that would probably not be an issue if there were a reboot today. <laughs> I think not. So her costume, you'll notice it covers her belly button. But mm -hmm. the director, he wanted a big navel reveal. And they're like, oh. no, no navel. No oh belly button. So that remained covered up. But the first about 10 episodes of the series, except for the pilot, her stomach was mostly covered up with a bunch of veils and things coming wrapped around her because she was pregnant. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So they just used a bunch of veils, which I didn't go back and see one of the one of those first 10 episodes. But I'm curious to see how the heck they did that. But nowadays, I feel like you can always tell when they're doing that in a show. Whoa, look at that really big obvious. box she has to carry yet again. Yeah. <laughs> look at her giant purse. <laughs> in How I Met Your Mother when Lily was pregnant in real life, mm -hmm. I remember it was, they, they didn't do a great job. 
they have definitely gotten a little bit of creative about that. I think that's one of the reasons to bring it back to Gilmore Girls that Suki ends up getting pregnant a third time in season seven is that Melissa McCarthy was pregnant, which is why they had to write that back in, even though Jackson had supposedly had a vasectomy several seasons earlier. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Which, frankly, makes that storyline work better for me, knowing that they were pushed into that, Mm -hmm. than thinking that they were running out of story ideas and just trying to find Mm. stories that they had already done. Yeah. But sometimes you got to work with what you got. Yeah. That's funny. Because how would you have... I mean, she's always, like, cooking. She would always have to be, like, on the other side of the counter. Like, they can raise the, <laughs> the table a little bit. Yeah. And you can't Cover cut Suki up. out. She's no. too wonderful. Absolutely too wonderful. Well, speaking of Jeannie in the modern era, can I tell you something fun? She is making a comeback in other ways. What? Mm-hmm. She lives on in the world of fashion. Two recent Vogue articles have specifically cited how the I Dream of Jeannie hairstyle is coming back with these super high ponytails and none other than Beyonce has worn this with her look and other big name people, Kim Kardashian West, Jessica Alba, Ciara, all spotted wearing I Dream of Jeannie style ponytails. Uh, What about the most iconic right now, Ariana Grande? I mean, of course. These ladies also have sort of a crimped look to it to kind of echo the braids in her hair, whereas Mm. Ariana Grande tends to wear hers very stick-thin straight or with a little bit of curl on the end, I think. So I think that's why they are comparing that to her. But I think that's also a good comparison. These are wearing a much more curly than the stick-thin straight. Oh, I didn't think about that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You'll have to put these in the next tiny letter. Oh, definitely. Tiny letter and Tumblr for sure. Man, I, uh, I, I don't think I'll ever wear her costume, but the hair, sure. <laughs> I think you and I would... again. Yeah, we would both have to grow our hair out uh, just a little bit, to say the least. Yeah. But one day if I ever went back to super long hair, I could do it. Okay, let's make it a date. See you in 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see if my hair can grow that much by then, considering I'm not planning on growing it out now. But we'll see. How about that? Okay, let me know. (laughs) So this is not the only TV show that, that Barbara Eden and Larry Hagman were in together. Really? Really, really. Remember that show you were talking about earlier? A little show named Dallas? Oh, no way. She came on, had a little a little arc. That is too funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here is their scene together, their, the big reveal of what Barbara Eden's plot has been this whole time. I'd like to tell you a little story, if I may. Sure. It's about an innocent young girl who went away to school and fell in love with a handsome prince. They had what she thought was a beautiful romance. But when she got pregnant, the prince turned into a frog. And he threw her out of his life like five-day-old trash. The moral of the story is that Leanne Nelson should never have kissed a toad like J.R. Ewing. Leanne. Oh, my God. I had an abortion, J.R. It was illegal, of course, and highly unsafe. I was sick for a long time, and I had to drop out of school. But you wouldn't care about that, I suppose. I mean, isn't that what the village whore deserved? I never said that. You said that and a hell of a lot worse. How did I know you were telling the truth? Do you have any idea how many women have tried to pull that stunt on me? I don't give a damn. It was my life you threw away, and it was my self-esteem you stamped out just like that. And now it's time I paid you back. How? By taking Ewing all away from me? Not just Ewing oil. I had to take away everything that was precious to you. Your company, your fiancé, and even your son. Why is this so important to you? Because you took away the thing most precious to me. Because of that botched abortion, I was never able to have children. 
I'm sorry about that. It's not good enough. Their relationship has changed since the 60s. <laughs> sure has. Sure has. So she was pretending to be someone else. But here's the thing. How do you not recognize someone? I mean, I guess you change a lot from like when you're, you know, how old is she? 18, 20, something like that. Mm-hmm. And now in the show, they had to have both been like 40. So I guess you change a lot in 20 years. But to not recognize her at all, someone you had a relationship with? I just don't know. And there was so much explanatory dialogue in there. You'd think we would completely understand it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he got her monologuing all about her evil plans, (laughs) just like a supervillain. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that he got Ewing Oil back, whatever that is. Um, Somehow. It seems like they would not have much of a show if he didn't. Yeah. So, yes, they got to be on the show together, have a different type of relationship, but kind of fun to see them many years later. I do enjoy when people reunite. I always love seeing Kate and Leo together, (laughs) no matter what the circumstance. You know, sometimes he's walking her down the aisle. Sometimes it's at award shows. It just warms my little heart. Yeah. Oh, and... Her character's name on the show, her character's maiden name was Nelson. Oh, that's pretty clever. So, a little nice callback. Nice little Easter egg. Why not? Call Kirk. It's an Easter egg. Thank you. Thank you. I love you! I love you! So, Major Healy is who Rory references in the episode of Gilmore Girls, so we should talk about him a little bit. So, he is Tony's best friend and fellow astronaut. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't... So, we mentioned he doesn't know about Jeannie, finds out about her. I just found this. the rich In the episode, The Richest Astronaut in the Whole Wide World. End of season one. Or beginning of season two, depending on yeah. when it happened in the year. Yeah. Okay. So, end of season one, begin of season two, he finds out. And uh, Captain Roger Healy... He usually is going after women, thinks that they're going to make him happy. He gets swindled pretty easily. In the episode I watched, he got tricked and bought a ring that was worth $3,500 for only $35. The only square cut sapphire in east of the Mississippi or something. I don't remember exactly how they put it. So he's like, he's not not the smartest character on there. But yeah, he's kind of scheming, not super smart, ends up in some trouble. Just kind of, you know, the side, like, best friend, comedic relief character. I mean, they're all funny, but he's kind of like Genie mm-hmm. in that he doesn't always do this, the smartest thing. <laughs> That's kind of my been my impression of him. I think that would make sense. He definitely, in the episodes I watched, he had a little insecurity. When Tony was trying to keep the secret about Jeannie, he very quickly convinced Major Healy saying, well, why would this girl be so great if she went after you so quickly? And Major Healy was like, well, I guess you're right. Eventually (laughs) he comes around and wants her number. But yes, I did double check, and it looks like this is about smack dab in the very middle of season one early 1966 in january and apparently he discovers genie is a genie and steals her bottle uses her to make him super wealthy and then nasa says oh no have you been selling secrets to foreign countries how's he gonna get out of that one oh no okay Based on Rory's description, it sounds like this is not the last time Major Healy gets himself into some trouble. Mm-hmm. So, funnily enough, it's not Major Nelson. Major Nelson's kind of the, the what do you call them, the straight man? The, I would agree. Yeah. He is kind of, he gets into some trouble and he does get to be funny sometimes, but in the episodes I watched, he was definitely the straight man. Yeah. And I also think he looks like Colin Jost from SNL. Who is that? He's oh, one of the hosts I, you know what? of Weekend that, Update. I did not know that was his name, but the face immediately popped in my head when he said that. Like, I pictured someone from SNL, and I was like, that's who you're talking about. And yeah. he often plays the straight man, funnily enough. I hmm. think 
in many of the weekend update sketches because he's playing the somewhat regular news anchor versus these very crazy characters whom he is interviewing. He's got the look. <laughs> of a straight man of in a, straight a comedy man. duo. Woo! Congratulations. <laughs> well, off to a thinking of chess. <laughs> Master, yeah. what does this Major Tionkin look like? Um, you know, all eyebrows, heavy set, average Russian. <laughs> <clears throat> Something like this? Yeah. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, he has a little more hair than that. Uh, he doesn't have a beard. Does he look like this? We're getting close, but uh, his physique is a little different. Like this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's more like it, all right. <laughs> uh, Jeannie, please, I can explain everything. Well, there's nothing to explain. You have broken your promise. I didn't break my promise. General Barkley broke my promise. He ordered me to, to take I out... Yes. Huh? Oh. Which one of you will make the first move? It's from the State Department. Now try to understand why I have to take out Sonia. You'll make a jumpkin. Kyla, I have one more fun fact about I Dream of Jeannie. Something that I caught on this watch of Gilmore Girls that I had not before. But frankly, I'm not sure it's something, a fun fact you will appreciate, unfortunately. Oh, no. But I think some of our listeners might appreciate it. Because the I Dream of Jeannie theme song makes a cameo in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) He dances to it for about 10 seconds. And I think on another pop culture reference podcast somewhere, there is a lot of analysis to be done about the role of Ferris Bueller as a genie wish granter in the life of his friend Cameron. Mm. Interesting. But you still have yet to watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but when you do, you will recognize that that is the I Dream of Genie theme song, which I did not recognize until this watch of Gilmore Girls. Wait a minute. I heard that in Ferris Bueller. I, I look forward to that day. You know what else, Taylor? What? We, I waited so long to see another movie that we ended up never talking about it. Incredibles 2? Yes. <laughs> and what did you think? Enjoyable, but not, I didn't love the storyline. Oh, really? I, I liked, I liked, I liked the beginning, but then it just felt very like, I was the evil villain all along. I don't know. That was predictable. I knew it was going to be one of those two people. Yeah. But I did really enjoy it. And so maybe I was being a little too critical because I do love The Incredibles 1. So I was kind of going into it already loving The Incredibles and quoting Mm -hmm. it all the time. So no, what about you? I just will never be able to get over the fact that I saw Jack-Jack fight a raccoon. I mean, I did not know how much I needed that. I really enjoyed it. I agree some of the plot points were a little predictable, but I think on the whole, it was very satisfying. Mm, Good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, question though. Mm -hmm. This is the big one. Mm Mm-hmm. You liked The Incredibles too. Uh Uh-huh. That is a family movie. Oh my gosh. So are you ready to now conceive? (laughs) Well, I think if I start seeing more movies like Incredibles 2, I'm going to have to give it a consideration. Okay. But I'm not um, ready for some, some of that yet. I'm still, I'm not like picking out the cribs or anything yet. Okay. Or the onesies. Okay. Just, you know. So you, you, if I see more Pixar movies back to back, maybe by the end of it, I will just be pregnant. <laughs> All of a sudden, there will be a baby inside of me just because I watched so many Pixar movies about wow. families. And it's just going to be like the universe decided like, whoa, we've watched so many or my body is going to be like, whoa, we've watched so many good family movies that made you feel so good about families we're just gonna spontaneously make this happen (laughs) okay so do you think it's accurate to say that pop culture plays 
an extremely important role in your life? Well, if that happens, I would definitely agree that yes, because my body would now be responding to it and voluntarily <laughs> instead of just me voluntarily discussing random Ferris Bueller and Gilmore Girls pop culture references. Right. For anyone not following, I had to go back a few episodes. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Taylor's not pregnant, though. So, no. You know, stay with us. Yeah. I don't think that's happening anytime soon for many reasons. Yeah. But mostly because of the lack of family movies. Yeah. family movies. Mostly because I've seen too many commercials for Hotel Transylvania 3. And it just really makes me concerned for the state of the youth. Yeah. The youth hashtag. Yeah. Do it for the kids. Uh, so, so are we ready to explain this reference and how it fits in the context of Gilmore Girls? I think so. So, what are you thinking, Kyla? I'm thinking Major Healy gets himself into a lot of trouble. And uh, Jeannie gets him out of it. That's accurate. We saw it. I saw it in my mm-hmm. episode. He got swindled. They figured it out, and, well, you know, he didn't get his money back. He actually ended up buying more crap from the guy. So I don't think he totally learned his lesson, but <laughs> that just means that more episodes continued in the same way. Mm, mm. And would you say that Jess is the kind of person who often gets himself in trouble and Rory sort of has to be his advocate for getting him out mm. of trouble in some situations? Yeah. She's really the only person who believes in him or is on his side. Yes. Does this make Jess Major Healy in this situation? Or a Tony, at least. Or is Rory really trying to help Luke? (gasps) And so is she Jeannie, and he is Major Nelson, Jess is Major Nelson, and Luke is Major Healy. And I don't know where Lorelai fits into this, because honestly, she's the one who's got the perky Barbara Eden personality between <laughs> her and Rory. That is true. Also, I think it's a revelation that Jess watches I Dream of Jeannie in the middle of the day. Yeah, we need to talk about this. Why? <laughs> wh- him watching that show, that does not seem like something Jess would watch. I totally believe him sarcastically saying... I would rather watch I Dream of Jeannie than go help Luke. Like, that yes. I have no trouble believing. Right. But Rory comes into the apartment, and he's already watching it. Right. And there's no discussion of his surprising love for 1960s romantic comedy sitcoms. Yeah. I don't know. It does seem odd. Maybe it's a tip-off that he's much more of a softie than we realize. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that he's ready for a genie to come into his life. And change it. Change Mm -hmm. the rough exterior. Make him a lot more sensitive. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it is a little goofy that he's watching I Dream of Genie. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to keep an eye on this. Maybe Jess has more of a penchant for sitcoms than we realize. Maybe. Maybe this is one TBD. Something to keep keep watching for mm-hmm. i agree but i think we get the basic major healy he needs a lot of help and i think both luke and jess do in this episode yes. and this season yeah. i think rory and lorelei together are genie i think that is an excellent comparison they both get those two men out of scrapes quite often Mm-hmm. but also into them which is very genie Yes, this is true. And I think they have at least a better understanding of social etiquette, despite whatever Emily says. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Kyla, did you know that this is not the only reference to I Dream of Jeannie on Gilmore Girls? What? Ooh, I know. And this one, I will forewarn you, it's a little difficult to put in a clip on a podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. But in episode 404, Chicken or Beef, another weird episode title, including food, another interesting point there, 
Well, it's because Dean asked Rory if she wanted chicken or beef for his wedding. Exactly. But still, out of context. Sounds mm-hmm. funny. Kirk has poorly installed a home security system in Lorelai and Rory's house. <laughs> and they are using post-it notes to get through the house to not trigger the alarms. Mm-hmm. You know, as one does. Sure. And they have this conversation about Rory trying to leave the house. So, uh, which way do I go? Oh, just follow the post-its. But they're going in two different directions. They are? Look. Oh, I must have kicked some out of the way by accident. Well, which one do I take? Which one looks more intentional? No post-it path looks intentional. I'm drawing a complete blank. You seriously don't remember? Sorry. Well, how are we supposed to get out of our house? I hate Kirk. So it's a little difficult to follow just listening and not watching the show. But Lorelai did Jeannie's signature move, crossing her arms, nodding her head, blinking. And the joke is that they would just poof out of the house like Jeannie. Mm-hmm. That's good. So further evidence that Rory and Lorelai are like Jeannie. But clearly she doesn't have the power. Otherwise, they really would have zapped <laughs> out of that house. <laughs> post-its can do many things. I believe in the power of post-its, but they cannot do that thing. So, Kyla? So, Taylor? That's our show? That is our show! Yes, that is our show! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gotta work on the bubbly, except now I'm good. What do you think of our interpretation? You can email us at so-and-so oh at gmail.com, <laughs> or you can tweet at us at tblake24, or at Kyla Kanu, or at so-it's-a-show to tell us how you feel. Uh, they're <laughs> going to feel badly now. Also, rate and review on iTunes. Please on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Wherever you enjoy listening to your oh podcast shows. Taylor, I'm banning you from all further genie-related episodes. <gasps> oh, but Kyla, master. <gasps> oh my gosh, that was a really good impression. Oh, but master. <laughs> I'd really like to help you. Excuse me, I would really like to help you. Please pardon my use of a contraction. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, thanks for that, Taylor. And don't forget, you can follow us at tinyletter.com at so it's a show. Excuse me, tinyletter.com slash so it's a show. Punctuation is difficult for genies. <laughs> and so it's a show podcast.tumblr.com. So if you're still with us, guys, here's a teaser for our next step. So I guess we can start with the idea pitches. Who wants to go first? I will. Okay. Louise has the floor. I couldn't find my new lip gloss this morning. I had just bought it, and it's the perfect shade of pink. Plus, it has this major shine with minor stickiness, meaning no fear of your hair attaching itself to your face when the wind kicks up. A coup. I know. So, of course, 15 minutes later tardy and glossless i left the house and i had to rely on madeline for my source of lip color for the day not an ideal solution major skin tone mismatch i'm sorry group leader could you ask the pigeon sisters if there was a point to this opus